but not with phones. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the Easy Living Poker Podcast. I'm your host, Garen Kitten. Uh, we're coming to you live from New Smyrna Beach, and this is titled Dinner with DWAP from Mr. Dan D'Alessandro's house. Um, this is episode nine. Um, real quick before we begin, I just want to discuss, we've had a little bit of a um, a lapse in our podcast on a weekly basis, but we're working really hard. Please stay patient with us as we continue to try to put out weekly content for you. And this will be picking up big time as we head into the summer months with the World Series of Public coming up. So without further ado, I've got Dan with me here. Welcome, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So before we go into the interview a little bit, I wanted to, how long do you think we've known each other? We've been, what, maybe four or five years? Or more Probably just a little incidental uh, meets. Yeah. Uh, we formally met here a couple months ago or mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago when Seth did his podcast. And I listened in. I thought you did real well. And then I, you invited me to be part of it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate you. Um, I have, you know, not knowing you as much as well till now, but I, I definitely have remembered you as, as being a, a pretty solid player that I had to make sure I watched my P's and Q's with. Um, there's a lot of players at that room that you have to like watch out for, but then there's other ones that you, I get in the bad habit of like writing off maybe a player that maybe we'd all know is definitely not quite as good, but then they come and get you. So uh, I have that issue as I'm working on that. But so where are you, uh, when we get started off, where are you from? Born and raised? I was born in Winter Park, Florida. Um, I'm one of seven children. My whole family was born up in New York. They moved down to Florida and I was born here. So I'm the baby of the family born in Florida. We moved to New Smyrna Beach where we're sitting right now. Um, not the same house, but that's where I went to high school and everything as well. So outside of poker, what is your um, occupation? What is, what is your life's work? So I'm a lineman by trade. I now I'm in management and I'm actually the director of the electric utility in the city of Winter Park. Wow, that's awesome. Very cool. So you started in, in Winter Park area as just like a lineman and then just moved your way up and... In 1987, I started as a laborer for Florida Power Corporation wow. and worked my way up to where I'm at now. That's very good. So how many total years? So uh, 35 years or wow. so, uh, 25 years with Progress Energy slash Duke and then... When I left there, I've been doing another 10. Gotcha. Well, that's that's awesome. Um, so how long have you been playing poker? That's what the point of this is. So how long have we been? So that's interesting. Um, real quick, I'll try not to carry on, but I have an Uncle Nick Puglisi. So he's from upstate New York, and he was in the mafia, and he was in the gambling division. And we were kids. He'd come down to Florida to visit us. And uh, it was so cool because he always dressed in a suit and he had a fedora on. He was always like, give us 20 bucks, which back then was a lot of money. And he used to teach us to play poker, of course, for pennies and Mm -hmm. play AC Ducey. So so forever, I've loved it and I I idolized my uncle. And then around 2002, I got divorced and a buddy of mine said, hey, why don't you come play a home game, Texas Hold'em? I said, okay, how much is it? A hundred bucks. I said, okay. And I said, I'm going to commit to 10 of these home games. And if I don't learn how to win, I'm not going to keep throwing money at it. And that was the beginning. Nice. That's very cool. So it's basically, it's kind of like the same timeline as like Moneymaker was getting big too. Everybody was starting to be on TV, mainstream. And everybody, I think everybody that was a red-blooded American at that point was basically trying to get in the game play. 
I think so. That's about the same. That's about the same time when I did, except I was. <laughs> so uh, all right. So what is uh, what is your biggest score in poker in terms of like you you keep track of your whole year every tournament or do you just do it more leisurely or how do you go about your um, profit and losses with poker? Well, I'm a pretty anal person, so I have a um, Excel spreadsheet that I built years ago. And I have every year of my poker plan, probably for the last six years on this Excel spreadsheet. So I know my exact losses and winnings. Uh, my biggest score in 2016, I finished sixth in the Heartland Poker Tour, which was a $19,000 draw, which was nice. And I was, I've learned so much since then. I made so many mistakes. I could have went so much deeper. Mm -hmm. And then fortunately last year, I, I actually played in the main event. And I finished 397th, and I pulled 36,000 off that. So those are my biggest. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I look back and you're saying like certain mistakes or something that you might have made. I look back at myself when I was in college. If I would have managed my or how I know to manage money now, I would probably just be, would, I would probably be, be really playing different. poker for a living or like not necessarily. I don't know. We'll see. I just I had three buddies that were our full time pros now that I went to college with that we started a little ten twenty dollar home game, and so they, one guy got really lucky to still be playing, and the other two actually managed the money the right way. So it's kind of uh, interesting. But um, I was just talking to my buddy last the the one that's he's going to be on Vegas playing the main event um, this year. That's the only tournament he's actually going to play. But um, we were talking about a story when I was. I was like 17 years old. I built my poker started bankroll from 10 bucks to 2,800 bucks, right? I'd done this over like five, six months, and I went and decided to throw a thousand bucks in one single 10 20 session. And I remember I flopped up there and got crazy and jammed on, and the guy like sat there and tanked, you know, like how the time lock just ended up. I didn't let use the whole time and called me head aces and just dropped me. Oh, so I, I learned very, very uh, the hard way, you know. Uh, do you prefer? Cash games or tournaments? Tournaments by far. By far, yeah. Um, Why? Is there, yeah, is there any reason? So I just like the, the str strategery of it. Mm -hmm. I When I play in tournaments, I, I would never play. I, by the way, I haven't introduced Seth is with us as well, my co-host. I just want to make sure everybody knows. It was very difficult for me to say the word, so don't make me say it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, I enjoy cash, and I do very well in cash. As a matter of fact, I told you I track my play explicitly. Well, I separate tournament and cash. And several years I've made more in cash than I have in tournament. Mm -hmm. But I just enjoy the long, it's it's more of a, a strategy, less trying to get more money right this minute. And, and, and I just I just enjoy it. And plus it's money management if you really want to just play and not Correct. blow yeah. through a bunch of money, you, you know what your buy-in is. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. The, I think the two hardest things in poker are literally to stick to a bankroll. Set one and stick to it. And then actually keep track of your results. It's it's uh, something. So I have to disagree with you on this you one. Disagree? I think okay. it's not killing bad players. Oh yeah, I get. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a good thing if your opponents are not doing that because then they're just freely. This um, they probably don't even realize how much they're actually losing. With the and if they actually saw that, they probably would stop playing. So you're right. It's probably the, probably keeps the the fish around a little bit longer. You think? Is that what you think? I I, I like that analogy. <laughs> um, so this is a fun question I ask everybody that comes on interviews. Um, and I'll give my answers after and you can, Seth, as well. Um, 
Where's your favorite place to play? What room in Florida, first of all, and then what room in Vegas? You know, oddly enough, I like Daytona Beach. I like the Daytona Beach Kennel Club. Shout out. Shout, yeah, out. shout out to uh, all the fellows over there. I do well there. Orange City, it's sister house. I almost hate playing there. I almost, I yeah. don't, I don't like to go there at all. I, I like Tampa. It's a little further away, so I can't really base my winning uh, prowess there. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. I win sometimes, I lose sometimes. I don't know which is better. I, I know which one I do more, win or lose. Yeah. So I don't, and I, I haven't done real well in Hollywood. Although I've this last time they had the whatever this last term was, eleven hundred dollar buy-in, five hundred thousand guaranteed. I finished hundredth in that. Mm -hmm. And I made a super bad mistake. There. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, we're well, we can, we're, we're going to discuss it here. I remember the, I, I've been to Hollywood one time, no, twice. And I'll never forget. One time I went down there. This is a true story. It was like their little $400 million guarantee or whatever. And I fired three bullets. And all three, swear to you, all three in a matter of three hours, I lost set over set three times on the Whoa. same day. It was insane. Like I literally was like, what is happening right now? Like, Check it off the fairies. Yes, correct. And then there's another time I was down there for 1100 and we were on the money bubble, and I was like a medium stack, which is actually one of the hardest things, in my opinion, to manage. It's easy playing a small stack or a bigger stack compared to like when you're in the middle and want to get as much value as you can, but you also can't risk your tournament to somebody else that has you. So I had like uh, I had pocket aces on there, or sorry, I had pocket eights. The opponent had aces. I flopped an eight and ended up getting all my chips in on the turn, and the guy called me, and he was like the only guy at the table that could that could get me, and he hit an ace over it. So, I mean, it was, I would have probably been top three in chips with like that is, 200, that is 200 the, to play. Or that's you know, the, I mean, like, you know that's, that's the variance. I have the exact yeah. story. I was in a millionaire maker when they used to be in Florida, and I, I think I consider that my my worst beat. Mm -hmm. I had, uh, I had Paradeuces, my um, guy I was playing with all day, knew, bet makes a small bet. I knew, I just knew he had aces. Yeah. I call. I was a chip leader. He was second in chips on the table. And we were getting close to dinner break, and two platforms, two, four, seven. I check. He bets, and I said he ain't going anywhere. I shove it all in that second. He snap calls me. And I'm just thinking about how I how I'm gonna win this tournament. Stacking the chips in your and mind. Ace yeah. on the ace on the turn. There is there is nothing worse. Damn. That's that's exactly what happened to me at the World Series. Oh. Thirty minutes before bagging for day five, I've got two point four million chips. I'm feeling pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was I booked I I booked my flight to come see him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing well. I'm playing very very well. I'm very happy with my play. I'm very tired, um, but I said I'm not playing unless it's just premium. I get pocket aces in the big blind, oh, and early action goes all in, oh, and he's got about four-fifths of my chip stack. And what am I going to wow. do? I call him pre-flop. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I'm going to be in the top 15 or 20 in yeah. this tournament. And he had pocket king, and the king came on the flop, and – couple hands later so long dan but that happens that's, to all of us it's funny you say that early position i've noticed that that really good players that's a that's a thing you can take advantage of weaker players with that don't understand necessarily the level that we do is that the early position especially if you've got a range is maybe even like not even necessarily shove stack but 
barely have more of their shelf stack. They're ripping it in early like that. They won't put you on that good. I don't know why, but consistently I can get calls. I do this online all the time. I probably just open jam 22 big lines rather than just min raising just because I know somebody's going to pop yeah, up behind yeah. you. You know what I mean? But then they, the, not the, all that is due to skill. Some of it is just they get unlucky and pick up jacks or something like that. Yeah, the variants get you. Yeah. By the way, the answer to the other answer to your question is I love the um, Venetian. Venetian, yeah. That's my favorite room in Vegas. Yeah. So mine, actually, I love I love Daytona Beach. Um, that's where I first started playing when I was in Florida. Um, I, I actually, if they're for a while there, I, they're kind of like, you know, kind of floating along the way. But they've really, I, I do want to give them a shout out on this because they their tournaments have gotten, uh, they're run a ton better now. Byron. Yes, Byron. Um, Ton better now than they were even. Shout out to Byron. Yeah. So now, I mean, as we get more money, be, yeah, as we get more money for the podcast, we're going to have really good uh, sound effects like variants. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then as far as one other room, I think the nicest room, just from qualities, I love uh, Best Bet, like in Jacksonville, and the, the new one in St. Augustine is smaller, but it's like I know their food is good. It's yeah, it's very good. <laughs> my waistline can tell they're good. Uh, so anyway. Um, Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. Uh, as far as bankroll management, do you have a set amount, or do you you just kind of how, how do you work that through? Because that's what I, I have a set amount. I keep like a separate account. Is that what you do, or do you just keep it all together? I work the bankroll poorly um, because I have a job that pay. I, I do well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I try to have a bankroll, and then I start getting money and saying, "Oh well, I wouldn't mind a new." couple new fishing rods and reels, mm -hmm. 1200 bucks here, and I eat into my bankroll. Mm -hmm. And then I have a couple bad sessions. I'm like, where did my bankroll go? Mm -hmm. So I just reload. So that's not the best angle, and mm -hmm. I don't suggest people do that, but my bankroll management is not the best. I think, I think it's, and maybe we're in a different place in life, but I think a lot of the guys that we play with do the same thing because it's not a, it's, we're not looking at it as a, even though we don't like to play for a living that I think that's all our eventual yeah. goal. But for right now, yeah, the more we oh, can have yeah, fun yeah. with it and the more, and we take it pretty seriously, yeah. but to replenish it or to spend it on vacations, I think is if, where we're if at. If you have, and I do the same thing. If you have a full-time job where you're making money, I, you know, I have a couple, you know, two or three different revenue streams doing business, you know, empowering and, and my, teaching so like i know that i don't have to like necessarily be as strict to it and i can kind of go off the beaten path it would be the next step would be like if you really want to become a pro you'd have to like really stick to that otherwise you're, you're well gonna, you're going to be back to your job pretty soon. you know what i think and dan correct me if i'm wrong but i think we're waiting we're playing and playing and playing and our big hit will take care of that true i, I mean that's my total thought i'm yeah. not i'm not going to take it seriously until i have my big hit yeah and again, all I care about is I track my play and I just don't want to be on the losing end. And I know if I am, whatever my bankroll says, I know if I'm winning or losing. Yeah. And I, unlike Seth, or unlike a lot of people, I don't ever want to be pro, right? Yeah. I, I just want to play when I want to play and have a good time with it. And I would like to increase my play. But the only thing that differentiates a pro from a, from everybody else in the true sense is that you're using it to pay your bills. Correct. Yeah. I can pay well, my in, bills. In that case, I, in that case, you're right. Neither one of us will ever do. Yeah. Right. One of us. I like well, to be at the pro level where I'm, a, where people look at me, and go, oh, "That guy's a pro." I get that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't ever honestly want. I, I'd like to just kind of lay low and just yeah, I don't, through it because yeah. I don't really need. I, want, I don't like the attention like that. I, I mean, 
it, it would probably be cool for a second, but then it would like, could you imagine if you somehow final <laughs> table the world main event? You would be hounded no matter what, wherever you go here. Someone, someone, a buddy of mine, one, you know, I always thought, oh, I can go pro, I can do this, I can do that. And then he goes, you want to you wanna go pro and have your electric bill riding on a poker table and you get aces and get cracked by two. Exactly. Yeah, by twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's been my whole point, my whole time. When I talk, it, can't, it can't not happen. When I talk to my wife, I literally, that's one thing that I've, and I've had to explain this to my mom. My dad got it earlier. My mom was freaking out. Like, I remember I paid for a semester of school off of poker and she like couldn't understand why I didn't, you know, where, where's this bill, you know, why isn't I here? And I explained I won that from it. And then when she finally saw that, she realized, okay, you can make money doing this. And it's like strategy based. I'm not losing my ass, like doing something stupid, yeah. you know, but I definitely did stupid things. That's for sure. Like risking, you know, taking shots at like $2,500 events. And I, I know, but I, and I, young, do I wouldn't things change all the time. Just ask I wouldn't things. change it at all because it's got me to where I am now. And the thing is, is like, I, I view poker as like, like you do very serious hobby where I can, if things go right, I can make life changing money basically. And have fun doing it. Yeah, we're all looking to make life changing money. A, I think that's a, that's where we're at. Yeah, all of us are so, there. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but um, so all right. The next part is we're going to go into we got a couple things. Coming, so we're going to have a strategy segment, um, and then we're going to also go over uh, upcoming tournament segments. So we're going to talk about all of us. All three of us are going to go out to the World Series this, this summer. So which one would you guys rather talk about first? Talk strategy. strategy Real Dan's really good at strategy. Okay. So. Do you have a hand specifically, or do you want to go over Seth's hand, or do you want me to give you one? What would you like? Did you have a hand that you want to talk about? Maybe? No, we'll go over one of your hands. I mean, I got a million hands that I could talk about, but uh, I'd rather critique your hands. Okay. So, how about this? You have yours ready to go right now. Well, I have the strategy ready to go. Something. You, that, how about we talk yours first, and then while you're doing that, I'll I'll listen, and then we'll I'll get my I'm gonna write my hand. Yeah, as getting ready for the World Series, I've been taking some notes of where what's been bothering me on on hands, and one of the biggest hands that's bothering me is when, um, you know, maybe two when the tournament's at two two hundred four hundred, you get ace queen against a pretty loose table. Um, you do a nice three X rays in mid position, get two callers, and the flop comes. If the flop comes, ace five nine. Okay, so so you have you have ace queen off. We have ace queen off, and your position is what? Position is middle position. So you're and two callers. Let's say one's after you. One say let's say one's before you. On the calls, let's say big blind calls. So he's acting first afterwards, and, then, and let's say a late late position cut off. Okay. Call. So you're second in position. I so I'm second. I'm in okay. the middle of the. I'm in gotcha. the middle. Early position calls. You three exit. They call. Then the original then, caller. Then the, then, no. Then the big blind calls. Gotcha. Okay. So you. So yeah. right away you start thinking. Okay, everybody's got hands that they. You everyone's got drawer. Ace five nine. Ace five nine flush. So you know everyone's got drawable hands. Mm -hmm. You know, is ace nine suited a drawable hand? Is eight? You know, is. Mm -hmm. Ace something suited. They'll go in with Ace two suited. Any you know any any player on a three X bet early who's good. The chips are deep. So you uh, you get a check. You lead out maybe half pot. You get a call and a drop. Okay, I'm gonna stop you there for a second. So let's just get well, let's just hypothetically give numbers for this. So you said 200, 400. Right. Let's do 200. So and you're gonna make it 1200. Yeah. And this okay. is strategy. So okay. I'm not specific. So you got 1200 plus. Two callers, so you got thirty six hundred plus another two hundred, and then a four hundred dollar big blind or ante. So you got look forty two hundred in the pot. Right. 
So, and they say everybody's 30,000 deep. And everybody's the same. Okay, that's good. So you got uh, like how, how a ton of big blinds. Yeah, you got, like you're almost got 100 big blinds. Okay, yeah, so you're super deep. Right, and this is where I get caught in between a rock and a hard place. And here's my first thing I was going to say is when there's, there's so there's 4,200 in the pot, and you said that half pot. Why do you bet half pot? Or what is the thought process behind it? That's a good, that's a great question. And um, I, I'm not trying to bust your I'm, no, not, no, I'm no, just since, like honestly. Since this is hypothetical, I didn't think I, I was I was throwing out the strategy because the thing that was bothering me was the ace queen. So all this will help me say, okay, what do you bet? Dan, what where do you, what do you bet there? I am picking up where Garen's going on that. So if I have ace queen in that situation. And you got two, just two solid players. Let's say two, two solid players. Not niche, but but solid, right? Right. And the flop came ace five nine. Ace five nine. Any rainbow, right? Rainbow. rainbow. So and there's forty two hundred in the pot. Well, let's say even two. Let's give it two. Let's give it two spades. How about ace of diamonds, five of spades, nine of spades? Even okay, okay even more so for me. I'm pot, you got a pot you got a or pot better. Right. Like pot, pot plus. plus. So uh, I probably make it five thousand right there. Mm -hmm. Now if one calls and one drops still the guy that calls i'm going to be worried he flopped two pair i don't know why he calls 5k with a weak ace unless he flopped right two pair. Here, here would be my and this is just don't do that okay this is my pushback because this you is son what I'm, of a gun i, I have uh, changed my thought we will I not used to have more of that because here's what my thought was just like you you're betting more if they're going to continue they have to have something but what i realized lately is like when you're if you bet that much you're you committed. literally are well no not necessarily committed but what you're doing is you are only going to get called by either better or something that has you in a world of hurt as opposed to if like if you bet that i mean yeah of course there's a possibility somebody's calling you like ace jack maybe or it is possible but i think more than likely if someone is just going to flat you there there or there if they flat you they're going to i mean I if they flat you, there's more problems than anything else. If I have ace five nine rainbow and I have a set of fives or nines, I'm a thousand percent flatting that big of a bet. Well, you or said there's two spades there, two though. Pair. Yeah, if there's two spades, do there. you flat two pair there on ace five nine? Yeah, with that big of a bet. I no. think no. No, you collect your you money. Collect your money. You got to get out. And you also don't flat with well, the set that's because why, of spades. That's why, yeah, if there's two spades, I would be yeah. more leaning towards raising. But I think that one of the most undervalued things in in this type of scenario is if you do get lucky to hit that set, you are so far ahead. It's like poker players, I feel like, and me included, get like the monsters under the bed syndrome where you think the worst thing is going to happen, but you got to understand that like your equity is so high there. Even if somebody has a flush draw, you have all the outs to pair the board. Right. You know, like they're not going to hit the flush. They're only going to hit it one out of every, you know, three times. So it's like, the monster under the bed catches me a lot, though, because I can and it tell catches you catches everybody. I can't yeah. tell it you how many times. Anybody who's got a, over a, any kind of IQ looking for equity with a set, I cannot tell you how many times. Like, how'd they catch their miracle card? How did that happen? Mm -hmm. I just don't. Well, and something I realized the other day, because I say that all the time too. Remember, you got two guys trying to catch the miracle card. So if two people are in, you just double your odds to catch it. But in this scenario, there's in. only well, one. Well, in this scenario, we made a one, but this is also a fake scenario because it ends real interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, and we come up, I don't think either answer is wrong. Well, there is no right, right or wrong, but there's just theory, right? But Brian Harris, that's a good friend of Seth and mine, mm -hmm. and a good player in his own right, he and I have this argument all the time. He's like, you're not getting enough value 
he, he's, you're not getting enough value, Dan. And I'm like, I'm collecting money when I can collect money. Not to the extreme. No, I agree. But when that pot's big enough, mm -hmm. I'm snatching it. Yes. Yeah, there's, there, yeah I, I do agree with you. There's, um, there's definitely... Um, now, here, sure. here's my biggest issue. When I was playing in the World Series last year, and I came out, I, I had two World Series caches. I mm -hmm. probably thought I was, with my ego, I probably thought I was the greatest player of all time, and this was it. And I go into my third... And I didn't realize it, but that's all the pros came in. So looking back, so I'm playing in a rebuy $600 World Series event. Mm -hmm. I feel like I got raised, re-raised from three tables over. Mm -hmm. They didn't even have to be in the hand. And they were re-raising me. They were looking at my gray hair and saying, he's going to fold. What do you do in that case? If you have do you just got if you, you got somebody that's, that's being overly aggressive, you just got to saddle up. Well, you better have that plan before you make your. First that's bet. what I'm talking and to you. So, guys. And here's my thing. So, no, I mean when you make the bet, you better have your plan of what you're going to do if he three bets you before you make your first bet. Right. That's why it's so hard playing against those guys sometimes because they're firing at you and they're going to have it every once in a while. When, when you have a you. nice hand like Ace Queen and Ace Five Nine comes and that guy fires back at you, I four bet him. Right. I mean, because so they're do doing do, it because they look at your bet before the flop. Because I was reading, I was reading, it's harder to raise a four. It's harder to raise a four x bet than a three x bet. If you raise a four, if you four, if you use four x as your standard instead of three x, you're coming out, and those guys have to commit too much chips behind, and they're not going to do it. I, and I keep forgetting that strategy. I I like the after. I mean, I want to do the. Especially if it's a pro, and I know it's a pro, they're thinking of me as an amateur. You're right. They're looking at my age, and they're going, "Oh, he's tight with his money," which is not true. Mm -hmm. So when they, if they, if I have ace queen, I three xed, and they called smooth, which really most pros aren't going to do. They're going to three bet you right on the flop. Yeah, I think they're not. Or pre flop. If, if, a, if a no, that's what I meant. Pre flop. <clears throat> yeah. I'm sorry. They would have pre. They would have pre flop raised with their ace five. Right. Um, that's because that's they want to push you so off. You got to be prepared to go all in with anything that's good. My, my point is, and I've done it before, and it's hurt me. And I've done it before, and it's helped me. You got to, I guess, for the lack of better words, you got to drop a set and figure out what you're going to do because yeah. you can't keep running from them because they will walk all so over. Here's, my, here's how I would change. This is how, and and this is just shows how people play differently. So, like in this scenario, if I am if I'm in the shoes of Ace Queen. And I got big blind checks to me. I'm probably making it fourteen to seventeen hundred. So about a third pot is all I'm making it. So, so you're two and a half x. You're even going less very, than I. You're even going less than I. Very small bet. Yep. And here's why. And here's my ultimate reason why. You can by making a third bet, a third pot bet versus the bigger bet. The I difference in exactly the difference in ships that you're because here's the deal. If he has a set with two spades on the board or two pair, they're going to raise you regardless. So if you're going to make a little bit smaller bet, and then he hits you in this max across the frying pan with it, you're literally saving yourself. I know it's not a crazy bunch, but you're saving yourself. I thought you were going three thousand. I thought you were going in the other direction. No, if so. you make a small bet and then do so, in, or in, or yeah, yeah, that's, that's totally different. Race. Yeah, so like you got to know that point. Like if your if opponent's small bet, you got to go. You got to go with it. Like. Yes, there's like if an opponent sees you're making a small and he, bet and thinks you're he weak, smells blood. Yeah, it's like you got to level up and like go yeah. to, go to battle with him. And that's the strategy. I'm that's the use. drop in the set yeah. part. But on your scenario, what I don't like about it, and I might do the same thing, the same exact hand I might play and I will play it differently two times in a row. Right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. what I don't like about the smaller bet on the flop 
is because you're giving him a smidgen of equity to look at his ace seven to see if he can get two and, pair. Yeah, and I see and I see that. And from my perspective, I'm thinking like, look, if he hits his card, he hits his card. Like you're you're still at such an advantage that like, I think if he has a seven and you bet five thousand, a lot of players will fold. It's it's like a fine. I don't know. It's a fine line. Some people will continue and call down no matter what, but like a pro won't. Yeah, so like for example, well, I like your I like your small bet and just raise the shit out of it right away. Well, here's the deal, if, and then you just if, go, you're just going. If, if you it. make it fourteen hundred, and then you say, let's just say the guy in position just calls you. Now, what does that tend to make you think in your head? That he, there's that two spades on board. He's probably got some type of draw, or he's got a worse ace. Than you. He's chasing Usually. a flush, yeah. or he's got a he's got a pair like an ace with he, a flush draw yeah. or ace, and he's hoping to catch a second pair. Yeah, correct. And so like, if you bet the fourteen hundred, he calls. It's always the dilemma is this. What you're doing by betting 1400 is you're creating the opportunity for you're, you're creating max pot odds for the guy that's in this in the big blind. He could legitimately have twos and peel one more time and see if he can hit a two. Like I, I mean, I know yeah, that that's all happened. That that's happen. all happened. He and certainly could have. That's how I went out, son. And which so is like, why I don't like small yeah. bet. I hear you're you're trying to so get. Like, yeah. This is going back to you're trying to create value. And you're trying to outplay him on the turn. And then, and then here's my my next step. So if I just get one call and then a fold, generally what I'm going to do is see. And I mix this up. So like I'm not always going to do 1400, but I like I don't probably go over pot on the over bet on the flop, but I will over bet the turn, so, or or the river. So like I'll mix. I'll just literally like the way I see it is there's a, there's a like a, a quarter pot to third bet. There's like a more of like a half potish bet, and then there's more of a Three quarters. Those are the three that I in my head, and so literally so when, all I'm, them are right. when I'm in the hand, I don't think there's any necessary wrong way to you play. You better mix it up in the moment. You have to mix it up. But you have to, the, and you have the to. The wrong thing is not to have the plan. If you know you have a fish on the line, like a massive whale, make your bets bigger every street because they're going to pay. But if you have more of a, like a better player that's going to be a little bit more tricky or cause you to be in tough spots, the small like slightly leaning towards a smaller bet might be the better play just because it's going to put you in less horrid situation. Like, like some type of river just pile and you're just want to vomit in your Well, like the spade. Yeah. But yeah. So, so that so goes back to my philosophy of Brian. So if he has ace-10, he hits it? Or if he's a ace yeah, 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 yeah. 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 If he has a pair of 10s, he hits Everything. it? Everything. <laughs> so that's what goes back to my philosophy of Brian. He, he continually counsels me on this. I know he's right. I listen to a lot. What does he say? What does he say? Get value. He's pretty much with him. Uh -huh. Get value. But I'm like, we've just described a pot that's got forty two hundred dollars in it, chips. And which is a ten percent which, which is more than ten percent of your stack. Right. I'm okay. I'm a long haul player. Mm -hmm. I don't try to make i I'm like everybody, I love a big pot, but I like skimmy little pots. I steal the blinds. Oh, I yeah, like yeah. that. I'm a long haul player. If I can get forty two hundred and don't have to fade anything with a mm -hmm. spade board on there and a guy who I know is going to chase two pair, I like to try to get it. But I will do exact. I'll min. I'll min raise it. Sure. I mean, I think, and this is we, we play against a player we love as a person, hate as a poker player. So the way to play against Glenn in this situation is make the seventeen hundred dollar when he raises. You just pound it. No doubt. Mat. And if he's got his three of a kind, you just go home. Or we buy in 200, 400 was a, I didn't pick it on purpose, yeah, yeah. but the good part about it is you can go rebuy. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're really I hate rebuying. I, I I'm getting to the point where um, 
I used to be a, I used to shove a lot. Mm-hmm. My chips are special to me, and I don't like risking them. Oh, I know. That's cute. Sometimes I pet them. <laughs> sometimes I hold them. But um, I'm serious, though. You know why put all your chips at risk? Because you're, I mean, without some knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. without some knowledge. But I will, but not as often as I used to. So I, I'm not big on it. I just like to collect a pot, but. I like all the strategies. I do like the mint. Trust me, you. I like that. That mint and then re-raise. Especially if Unless the Unless you get a bad feeling. If you get a vomit feeling that he really has a set, or all of a sudden you look at him and say, oh, maybe this guy is tight, and now he's raising. The player makes drop. a difference. Another, drop, but yeah. if this is Vegas and you don't. I like that. When I think of these scenarios, I like to think of going to Vegas where I know no one at the table. Mm-hmm. And no one yeah, knows so. us. And honestly, I think that helped me immensely. Like when I went my deep run last year, like mm-hmm. I just, nobody knew how I played. That's and I, and I what I found myself doing is I this is what I realized at least for the five hundred to thousand dollar range my tournaments especially early is that like the very first days of the World Series there's a lot of pros like a week or two and that dwindles off and then the main event time but that in between time you I'm telling you man there was a lot there of were good players but it wasn't until like the final you know you'd have one or two at your table until maybe six or seven tables left, and then it was like, okay. There's tons of fish. Yeah, oh God, it's still like- You know what I also found, when you get that, some people are fish, and then they turn into good players after the rebound. A hundred percent true. Yes. You know, because I, lately, and Dan says he's the opposite, but I know he isn't, is I've gotten very loose early in tournaments, especially at $200 and below, Mm -hmm. because I almost want to rebuy. I want to double up or I want to rebuy. And I don't call it loose. I guess it is loose. Yeah. My range in the first three levels on these tournaments in Daytona is big. Yeah. Yeah. And, see, and that's that, what and I want it has to, to be because everyone's that's what I want to talk about in this hand. To, to, and I'm going to pose some questions to you because I think this is really important to do to help you with your game. And all I do this all the time. So if you're in middle position opening initially, and then you said that it was like around the button called and then the big one, let's just say the button called and the big one calls. You know, right. That scenario. You have to have like a really good, well, I guess if you've been playing long enough with the person or know the person, how they play, you just literally in the moment have to like more or less give them an exact, like in your head, be thinking of what is, how wide of a range is he going to have or how tight of a range is he going to have. If he's a competent player on the button, he should be calling you with like, honestly, like 50, 60% of hands, like almost that many. Like, Their range is Their yeah, range yeah, and it's like, I mean, any suited connector. And the big blinds any, range is even more any large. Pair, any pair, any suited connector. And so you almost can't stereotype the person because you guys have two different stereotypes and you guys are doing Correct. the same exact and then, thing. And the one thing I've realized too is that helped me a lot. I was, I was doing some study on this. Is like, if you don't know the players, and this isn't like a slam to anybody in general like that you play with or that we all play with, but like if you see a guy that's maybe... A little bit older, or a guy that's super. That hurts my feelings. Well, look, here, you, no, you, you have I'm to get it. Not that old. He was to, talking. You don't know, well, not as old. No, no. I'm saying like if, if you don't know them and how they play, you've just more or less got to put older players into their certain. You should yeah, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. 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 And you have players, to categorize until, until they show and you. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to just blind read with no. The, you know, the, the, you, the, listen, the, profiling is not acceptable in in, in society. Yeah. But if you're not yeah. profiling in poker, you're Correct. stupid. Correct. It's not susceptible in society out loud. Oh, everybody profiles. Yeah, everybody yeah. profiles. Oh, everybody's human, human nature to a point. You're going to always make observations. But the, yeah. the cool thing is, in the coaching I've been through, and Dan's used the same coach, is the thing he, he's been 
helping me the most with this year is taking advantage of what other people are thinking about me. Yeah, third so level play. Thinking about me. That's third level playing. Yeah, yeah. It's, they, and so it's been, my, here's it's my been, question with your ace wing. So let's go delve a little deeper past the flop. So what are you before you even make your raise or when you make your raise and you get called? Pre-flop? Yeah, pre-flop. What are your what are your ranges for the button and what is your ranges? Give me approximately what you're ranging and go in depth. Like how yeah, I, I, so let's just say I'll use you two guys. I'll say you're the button, you're the okay. you're the big line. You want me to tell you what I would play on the button? After um, hey, I'll tell you what, write it down. Yeah, I, I would play okay. Don't don't say it and I'll okay. tell you and I'll yeah, tell I'll, you what you play. And if you don't if you don't say what I say, you're lying. <laughs> or wrong. <laughs> well, you're wrong. No, because I know exactly what you play. You play and Hold on here. Uh, and then... You could stop writing. You could write one word. Okay, here we go. What is it? You're going to play anything that looks like Anything that looks like it's got a chance. Close. I'm going to play any you pair. Might drop, you might drop 7-2 suited. Any pair. Any suited down to the threes. Any suited connect a three apart. Three, four... Uh, three, three, and five. Oh, also, doubles. So two gap. So three, five. I'd say four, three. six, five, seven. I won't go three gap because it's harder to make straight. Uh, I, I, I highly doubt you don't play a seven, ten suited there. That's it's right on the borderline. Like I'm, I'm literally lately yeah, I've been trying would, to get rid I, of that hand. Then I, then I profiled you as too tight because I play seven, ten yeah. suited there. Yeah. So and especially I, for four, especially since I got thirty thousand so, chips. So the. My whole process in determining whether how wide I'm going to go on my range is how I perceive the other player thinking mm -hmm. when I. What do now, you, so what do you, you think that I'm super loose? What do you perceive me three betting in middle position? In middle position, what am I going to perceive you as doing? Well, or now, now I'm three and a half you, betting. Well, you mean just a, just a standard raise? I, you you see me? Um, I'm so I mean essentially fold fold three bet. Okay. Not three, but you mean like three times? Three, three times, three okay. sorry. Yeah, so you're just opening. So I would put you at like eight plus. Um, I would put you at like ace jack offsuit or better. Ace 10 offsuit or better, ace jack, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. And then I'd probably put you at like... Um, what would I do with aces? Jack 10 suited or better. Like you're probably not doing that. Queen 10. So yeah, you're probably doing... Queen Jack suited or better. Queen Jack, queen Jack suited or better, probably. Yeah. As long queen as they're one. Like, as long so. as they're like King Queen, Queen Jack. Right. You know, you're probably doing Ace Ace Jack, Ace Queen, Ace. So that's know. a pretty easy call. Now he calls on the blind. And I'm now, saying on that, again, on that one, it depends. If I'm he, saying again, ain't almost any two. So he's getting. Well, yeah, because I'm already. He's getting twelve hundred dollars. He's already got four hundred, so he only has about eight hundred to win. Forty-two, or well, to win thirty-four. So Almost any two cards for me. Four and a half to one, five yeah. to one, roughly. Any two cards that resemble something you can hit, correct? Eight three, I'll fold. You know, what yeah. I mean, almost yes, any correct. two so cards. So with that, and being, it should be every time. Well, with that like being said, do we want to go? Do you with a good hand? Do you want to go four X pot? So here's my because then thing. I get you <laughs> off any garbage. So if you're early position and doing that though, when you have good hands. You're telegraphing it. If that are you always doing that, or are you do you do you ever incorporate in your game third third to act? Do you ever incorporate like Jack ten off? Shoot, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll do Seven, six eight. eight. Yeah. I'll do six so, eight. Suited. Yeah. So like as long as you're doing that mm -hmm. consistently, and mixing it up, mixing and, it up, and, then, and also then, then you, I have no problem take, with the race. Then you take the aggressive. And you wake up with nine ten suited, and all of a sudden you think, oh, I got a good hand, but this guy's this guy's old and. He'll get off. Yeah, if, if I, I I'll get off ace queen early, really quickly. 
Well, here's what sucks about knowing people, and I don't like knowing people like you, right? I love knowing you as a person, but as a player, I don't like knowing you because here's why. You raise with Ace Queen. If I look down at Ace Jack suited, I'm three betting your ass because I know that you're a conservative type player. Right. And I think and if it. I do that, you're probably going to ditch that Ace Queen because yeah. I'm going to put you on Ace Queen, Ace King. And like, and same thing. But I, I what I, what I'm, tr- what I've done in my game, and I've done it, and I picked the wrong place a few times, as we talked about earlier on your beautiful doc. I, I come over the top of you. Right. I know you're going to do that mm-hmm. 80% of the time. And then I really yeah. have to think about a four bet from you. Right. So you're right. But I'm just saying that's the... So that's what I'm against you. What? I would probably lean more towards the speculative hands. Uh-huh. I would actually lean heavily towards calling you more right. frequently than three bet. Not to say that I wouldn't throw out a 10-9 suited three bet once in a while. But I w- those hands have such good equity against most hands that you have. That the I'm reason I don't three bet Seth is because he'll whine for a month about it if I catch my cards. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, I would never do that. <laughs> yeah. What, what's, helping me, what's helping me here, and I didn't even yeah. realize how much it was helping me, is when you're talking this out, the more I think about it, the more I want to forebet my decent hands. The forex. Not every forex, time. Yeah. Not every time, but most of the time. I think what you should do, to be honest with you, is pick a raise size that, that you are comfortable with, mm-hmm. and more or less, I would raise that exact amount. Or that standard well, every when, when, time. Yeah, when I have a lot it, of people do that. That is a and, good. And here's the thing, because like if I if I'm two and a half xing or two xing something like late stages of the tournament when everybody you know has fifteen to twenty five bigs mm-hmm. and you're just ICM disaster. <laughs> Excuse me. That's the time where you want to just a, a min raise is as valuable as a ten x raise in that yeah. spot because the chips are worth so much more at that point. But what you're talking about should be a going in strategy, and I do that sometimes. Yeah. I like if I go to Daytona and I'm not doing it tonight. Yeah. But sometimes I go, all right, every bet I make for the rest of tonight is going to be exactly the same yeah. amount, like yeah. two and a half x, whatever. Yeah. And I'll stick with that all night. But you have to manage your chip stack too, and it, yeah. it obviously matters. I always keep mine the same, except there, there's there's always exceptions. Like that's the greatest thing about this game. You can play this game. There's so many. You can variations. play the same tournament with the same cards. A hundred different ways, and do well and, all of and them. do well. Yes, and the the crazy what I'll do is generally I have a standard amount that I'll open, but then what I'll do is as the table dynamics are changing, and if I notice that I've got like people that are more call happy to my left that are more fishy to my left, I'm going to make those raises bigger because naturally speaking, they're going to be to my left to call my bets. Mm. You know, versus it all you know, makes I, a difference. You know what I mean? And it, and it all changes, so I can't say with 100 percent certainty that every single raise is going to be exactly the same uh, amount. But it's it should much. be a strategy yeah, though, yeah, and everything matters. Every there's so many resources that you have at the table to use to make your decisions. Mm-hmm. You can't sit here and say you're how you're going to play tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything can, uh, um, yeah, everything can change um, in an instant. So, like, my biggest thing is, and and between where you were on the hand of betting the full pot, and me betting the lower amount, I truly think that there really isn't, like, and this answers your question. I don't think there's necessarily a 100%. Oh, there is. Like, well, there technically, according to um, GTO, uh, GTO there, is. there is a value that is going to be. No, but you can't put, you can't put the, you can't put the variance. You, you can't GTO um, player feel. Because you can't make the same play on the no, same No, I love so it's not a GTO. So what you have, what you have to do is GTO teaches you what you should do 
and then you got to vary but based on the flavor. I absolutely love it. It's like my favorite thing on earth when I can tell that a player has – Doug did it. He's better now. But I could tell when he was starting to do the GTO training, I loved playing with him. Doug, I knew, uh, who's, uh, Doug uh, Maniscalco, oh, yeah. a very good friend of mine, great player. No relation to Sebastian. No, but he's still funny. But he, uh, when he was first starting the GTO, I could tell. He's, I can see him. He's running exactly – easy to play. All these things are guidelines. But you have to be a really good player to get that. I get it. But Nine out of ten players can't play against Doug's GTO. Agreed. Uh, I'm just saying I like a GTO when they first come. Doug's a, I can't figure Doug out now. He's surpassed his yeah. GTO training. He's gotten to where he mixes it up. But when he was first doing it, it was like. Was, yeah. Was, I think with GTO, the thing you got to be careful with is don't worry about doing the exact, whatever the computer is saying the exact move is. That you can't, there's so many combinations you can't worry about that. What you have to worry about is getting to know player types and then correlating the player type with like looking at charts, there are literally out there you can go out and find them where you can like find charts where it'll like these type of players, you know, that your lags, your tight aggressive, like all the different types of players we always talk about. There's more or less like a, a rough guideline of the hands that they're going to play from, from certain positions. Correct. And if, you, and if you study that and just get a ballpark idea, it's going to come down to because you can't sit there. We're not computers. We, you can't just, uh, as of right now, we can't, you know, pull an algorithm in our head like, you know, without the right answer. It's repetition. Yeah. And so like over time when you study those and play, you literally will just, it'll come naturally that you'll get used to, at least for me, that's what I study those charts. Not a ton, but I study them enough to where I know, okay, this guy's a very tight, aggressive player. He's going to have this, this, this range and I'm going to have to do this and be ready for mm -hmm. this. If this guy's super loose, I have to be ready for, to be, I have to be willing to four bet super light because he's going to abuse me three betting all the time. Well, You're Glenn's going to listen to this, but and I won't do it now, but I four-bet him a lot. Right. We won't let Glenn listen. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I know you're out there. The, we'll have yeah. one. Shout out to a great player. Yeah. yeah. I played with him in Tampa. We made it all the way down to the very end. I, I made one of the dumbest mistakes I've made in a long time in tournaments. And literally He'll do that to you. Well, well he, no, is, he I think he got knocked out right before. We both didn't make money, but we went very far. Like, we're down to like 50 players and 42 made the money, I think. Right. Glenn is one of my – I told him this on the phone the other day. He's one of the most difficult – if not the most difficult player for me to play because right up there with Jack Eisel. Jack's difficult to play too. Fravi's a genius. There's a lot of good players out there, but I've realized that with playing with Glenn that he's very um he, he's he, he puts you to tough decisions. Like he really does. Like when he plays well, he like knows he how to play he, he just he's very forward. he almost reminds me of like that um the old school Doyle like super system style with the new stuff sprinkled in. Yeah. It's very, that's how. Well, plus he's got a math, he's got a calculator brain. Yeah. yeah. With time being always important, the one hand I wanted Dan to yeah. talk about yeah. is the hand where you took the pro off and you said, you oh, you have to have aces and you just said, of course. And you, what was the hand in the World Series where you, where you three bet somebody? Oh, I had been playing. The guy that I can remember on the table was Scott or Clark. He's the guy that dresses up like uh, Jack Sparrow. I don't oh, know if you've seen him. Oh, we've seen, yeah. Super cool dude. Very good player. Very nice. But I was on a table slap full of pros. And uh, he didn't have – oh, yeah. I'm, so he bet – I was on the big blind, and these guys were just shoving me around. And I had – God, a while back. I think I had pocket sixes or something. Mm -hmm. And it, it had – this particular person three exit like he did every single hand and it came around to me 
and I 3X'd his 3X. Mm -hmm. So I 3-bet him. And uh, fold for fold, it comes back to him, and he 4-bet me. And all I had was 6s. And I really did put him on ace, king, jacks, queens, right? You thought he had a legit... I thought he had a good hand this time because he, because because of me, I'm paying attention to my play. I know he's looking at me. I folded so many freaking hands, and they're walking all over me. Mm -hmm. And so he, I think it was eight hundred, sixteen hundred. He made it forty eight hundred. I think I made it ten thousand, maybe twelve thousand. I made twelve thousand. How many chips did you have? Do you remember? I had like eight hundred thousand. Okay, so. It comes back around to him, and he makes it thirty thousand. And so it comes back to me, and I tank for a second. I looked. I took a peek at my cards again. Uh, I knew what I had. I did that for his sake, and um, I made it a hundred thousand with sixes. Mm. And he folded queens face up, slid him over to me. Says everybody gets lucky in this game sometimes, and I flipped the sixes back at him and said, "Yeah, they do." And my respect level on the table changed incredibly. Yeah. I so generally don't like so, uh, showing the hands, but those guys were just. I'm, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I felt like a schoolboy in there. I, 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 like I said, I think I got raised from the guy who was walking in the door. They were spanking <laughs> yeah. me, and I could tell they had honed in on me. And I just, I, I got tired yeah, of it. Yeah, once you, once you get like a table, the only tough, thing is if and you then they realize the time. Yeah, I'm just saying if they if they if you get a table that's tough and then they they they'll zone in. Dude, I like, was the fish. You know how they say if you can't tell yeah, who the fish yeah, yeah. is, it's 100%. you. It was me. I've been and they and I did read it right. I did think about that man. Could he actually have aces right now? And the I, great I, part I, is though, you know that you had played many hands, so you had to be perceived. By he him had to as, think I had aces. Yeah, yeah, and it was. He could only think I had aces. That was, that was really well played. And you, and you literally won yourself 130,000 uh, oh, chips without uh, having I went over a million of chips yeah. in that hand. Yeah. And the guys, it was cool to me. It made me feel good. I guess like Seth's, we're all a little egotistical. But they started talking to me. Yeah, yeah you became one of them. They started talking yeah, yeah. to me like, They oh, realized at that point that like, So okay. where do you play? Oh, what's, you know, they started talking to me instead of just beating me around. And yeah. I lasted that whole day and into the next day. I, uh, I have a similar story when I was, um, so in my event last year, we were down to like 75 or 80 players roughly. And I was like probably at the time, like 10th or 12th, top 10 range in chips. But I had um, a hand, it was like an ace, queen, or ace, jack, and I can't remember exactly. I think I had the ace of spades. I remember that. It was an offsuit hand and the board came two spades and I had complete air. I just had overs to the board and a guy bet. And I sat there and called, and my whole time my plan was, if the spade hits, I'm going to punish this dude because I know that he, his stack is, he doesn't want to be putting, he's kind of one of those middle stacks that can't be risking his tournament life right now. So what I did was I, I purposely just kept playing along, had nothing the whole way. And then the final, I mean, I think more, more people need to take advantage of this. I think y'all do. But like, then when that spade hit, I know that he can't have the nuts. It's just a simple blocker, just a one card blocker. But when I, and then he made a he made like a pretty big bet like he made like a two third pot bet and I just ripped it off and I mean I had and a big stack at the time and he said I'm tanked forever and I'm sitting there like oh, you know this guy's gonna what do you do what do you do what do you know what I 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 do is I'll, I'll sit there and literally mentally 
I'll try to think of like something in my life that's very good. Seriously, that's what I've lately started doing. Uh -huh. Like anything in your life that is positive. Like we all have a lot of things. You because you don't want to start breathing heavy. Correct. So I just think about, man, I have a really, you know, I have a good life. I have, you know, I'm thankful. For, you know, like it sounds stupid. I do the same but, like, thing. I literally like, you know what? Even if that, this guy calls me, I'm just fine. I do the same thing. What do I got to tie up for bacon? And it really helps. I me. don't want to give away a tell. Because I do it with yeah. a good hand or a bad hand. When I get in a situation like that, see, this guy's the one that's doing the false tell. He's the false tell. Oh, one hundred percent. All the time. Well, it's the same tell. Whenever I get in a position where they either got to fall and I want them to fall, or I got to fall and I want them to fall, yeah. I ask the dealer to pull the wagers. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I want to order a drink. So yeah. I say, hey, I want to order. It. So you can't. As long as you're you doing that, you cannot tell anything. I want to order a drink. Yeah. All I that stuff's good. My hand. Yeah. I used to ask the waitress to bring me a ginger ale. I'd whisper in her ear. I've seen more than I'd, that. I'd say, can I have a ginger ale? Is but, that what you're like you whispering? But charging for a crown and seven when I play cash, yeah. especially. Yeah. I said, I said, I'd like to get a crown and seven. to make a ginger ale. I don't pay for a crown and seven. But but I don't let anybody. Yeah. Do. So they're thinking I'm getting tanked. Yes. Oh, yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, see, that's a good one. That's, oh, a, that's really go. good. Um, oh, all right, so like, no we're, uh, stuff in the ginger ale track. We're to the World Series time. So I'll real quick, I'll just say I'm going the 10th through the 17th, but the 10th through the 15th is really the only days I'm going to be able to play cards. My wife gets there the 15th, and then once the 17th is done, we, do we, are, we are Do we all have to stop playing? Or no, just no, no. I am then flying further away. I'm going to Hawaii, and then I'll be back. Mm. So like, yeah, What poker games play. do they have there? Yeah, I, <laughs> I wish I could stay the whole time at Southern Vegas, but she. So long you know story, what? Long be story short, is, be there. long story short is we got the flight discounts for the Christmas thing with Southwest, so they gave us two free flights anywhere, and we were like, "Are you saying literally anywhere?" Like weeks so we could do So we're good to go there. So we're gonna we're gonna be in Honolulu for three days, and then the North Shore area for three. So I'm well, I'll give you some unsolicited advice. I yeah. and this is God's truth. We could have a million dollar guaranteed tournament in Daytona this weekend and I've got the best wife on the planet. Yeah. If she says, I was hoping you'd go to the movies with me, I'll blow the tournament off. Yeah. I'm my wife is very I'm Aww. very lucky. Shout out to Aim Sauce. We call Aim Sauce is a joke. She's very cool because she lets me play. But then at the same time I'm exactly the same way. If something happened like for example, I wanted to play this this tournament, this the little one sixty up in Ocala just to get a little Rust off before I go to Vegas, but I, but we have a family. Yeah, the party's so, yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. You've got it. too good of a gig there at home. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so here's my just – I'm going to just go through really quick what I'm going to play or what the plan is. And then I've mixed in like three um, – have you all ever played at the Orleans? I know it's a little mm -hmm. – Yeah, bit, I, love, I, love, I love it. One of my favorite Way places. more than uh, – I'll get into this in a later episode. Maybe we'll, I'll do just one about the World Series, but like – I went and played the Golden Nugget a little bit. I love I, the Golden Nugget. I like the Golden Nugget, I but the tournaments the were like, Nugget. I don't know, I'll explain why I didn't like it, but like the Orleans has like a $400, $200 to $400 buy-ins with like 40-minute level structures, like really good tournaments. So I'm going to try to play a couple of those. The World Series event that's going on when I'm there is the $800, um, it's like a 40K, 40-minute levels, just an $800. Uh, it's like, I think, about 400 k the first last year. And then... There's an $1,100 Venetian event going on at the same time. I love Venetian. So, and I've never actually, I played there. Uh, I already told you that's my favorite. Cash. I played cash there a couple times, but I've never played. I don't like cash I there. Gonna, I think I'm going to fire the 1100 is my big tournament. And just, so I'll probably play maybe two grand worth of tournaments. I like the ca Encore for cash. Yeah, I've played there before. It's awesome as well. So, and then, so what's your schedule look like? So I was only going to go out for the seniors with, uh, actually Dan and I, are, actually we're flying out together. 
And oh, uh, are you gonna hold hands? Are you gonna hold hands? The whole More time? than we that, got we got the honeymoon suite. Oh, sweet! So More than that, it, the honeymoon suite at Mile High Club. So we go. We, I was gonna go out the twentieth to twenty-six, play the senior, play all the senior. It's seen. They, I think they have senior week. I haven't checked yet, but Venetian has a usually everybody mm -hmm. has the seniors at the same time. So you're they, only gonna play seniors? And I miss no. Well, you know what? That week, yeah. He may play that, some. That week, he may play some super senior stuff, right? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm five weeks short of the super seniors. Oh my god, that's crazy! I'm gonna be. I 60 thought it was sixty-five. August, not six. Well, no, it's sixty. Oh, good. It's sixty in August, and I'll be there in what June. What dates are you gonna be there again? So twenty to twenty-six. Then okay. I was at a at a I was at a business meeting just recently, and I told the guy the, a guy was a poker player, and he goes, he, and he he knew who I was, and I showed him the ring, and I showed him all the. Uh, the, my three World Series caches, and he goes, he goes, are you playing the main? And I said, well, unless I win my ticket or I get um, backing, I'm not going to play. And uh, he said, I'll, back, I'll give you five thousand dollars back. It's so, funny you, say, funny you say that. I literally just yesterday had a buddy of mine that I can't name who it is because they want to remember, and I want it to remain private. They offered me half. Right. If I, so, if but I, I, I took I'm it. just like trying to beg the yeah. one, like let's let's make this happen, but. Yeah, and you guys. I didn't wait until I can do it. You guys, Rob, have you ever played the main? I've never played the main. It's a, it's a bucket list. I got yeah. to play it a lot. Dan got to play it. We played it on this club. We we played. We played it's the every best year. structure on the planet. But see, and that honestly, my goal is I would, it's a bucket I would list. rather during the whole year play like maybe two or three local tournaments, really nice ones that are here, and then just wait and play summer of the main. To be honest with you, moving mm -hmm. forward. It's the best structure it, on the planet. So, what I'm doing is I took it to a different level. Is I took the 5,000. I have another buddy backing me too. I got someone throwing him one. Someone want to give me 500. I'll, so, what I'm going to do is get 11,000. I'm going to play $15,000 worth of events and mm -hmm. give everybody uh, a two thirds. I'll do a little bit of a markup and I'll give yeah. everybody yeah. two thirds of whatever I win as a total. I usually give so, family, family. Telling them, most likely, they won't get back to. Hey, oh yeah, they know. They, the thing is, people need to understand is you're not you're not going to like you're cashing fifteen ish twenty percent of your turns. You're not, and at the World Series, really cut that in half. Correct. It's so, it, when Dan, when are you going? So I'm going the twentieth through the twenty sixth. I plan on playing the seniors along with Seth. I will play some other events that are senior while I'm there. But my favorite tournament in Vegas, I will play it while I'm there. If they have it, which they always do, is the six hundred dollar black chip bounty at the Venetian. I love that tournament. Yeah, that is a good time. So I will be playing that for sure, and then whatever else uh, we come up with while we're there, if yeah. Seth will leave me alone, you know. Um, that's awesome, guys. I uh, hopefully we'll we'll continue this forward, and we will uh, we'll report back. Man, there's no I, hope. The plan, there's no hope. Yeah, there's no hope. That, so the plan, no actually, moving forward, we're going to do this weekly. But like during when I'm out of the series, just so you know, uh, in the mornings. Uh, my dad gets to go with me as well. He turned 65, so I'm taking him out there with me too, so we're going to have a good, good time. Um, I'm going to, in the mornings, do a 20 to 30 minute little recap or what I'm mm -hmm. doing for the day or something like that to just make sure and uh, keep track of what I do. And that's one of the coolest things about this is you can look back on it and see what you've done. We'll check in with you while we're there yeah, as well. We'll we'll text you with where we are. and I'll, I'll send you a text with my Mai Tai on the beach. Mm -hmm. While you take one down, and then I'll fly back in. If you I, can go listen to we'll, Tonga. We'll, we'll be at the pool in Paris. <laughs> yeah. we, we'll have a spa day. So we'll text you on the spa day. I won't. Um, a couple things before we, we call it um, a day. I wanted to also give another shout-out to um, Daytona Beach for getting in on this moneymaker tour. It's pretty damn awesome. It's like Looking August, August 24th to 28th is the main, I believe, $1,500 main event, 300 k guarantee. 
I think they've got what, like ten or twelve events total. We will be playing in that. Yeah, so I, I will thousand percent be playing in that main event. And then um, Dan's going to bring his bracelet that he's going to win it. Yeah, that would be the coolest thing ever. Um, we got some great players. You know, Tammy Elhart. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Tammy's was, been on the show before. Dude, she's an animal. And her, her, and um, she like gives a lot of credit to um, her fiance. You know, and I know Tyler. I played with him before. It's funny we both. Had he's a be, better cash player, but he's a good tournament yeah, player too. He, we both, we split a pot one time, a huge pot, and we both just had ace queen uh, with one pair on the board. And it was just a scenario where one pair is like we both were, had to be thinking that one pair is good here. But we both were like, reading each other, and then we turned when he turned over ace queen. I was like, oh. I, I thought it was ace king. I really did. I was just like, it's got to be ace king or ace queen. That's all it could be, and it turned out it was so. But that's a that's a funny story for later. Um, so anyway, yeah, the moneymaker tour. I think the biggest thing that Daytona could do to make itself just explode is they have this live stream now, but like getting a regular schedule like Jacksonville does and more guarantees. And, uh, yeah. And no, just, and how about you want me to say one? I want yeah, to say yeah. one thing on it. Freely. How about how about giving updates on the winners and how everyone's doing and yeah, spotlight? Oh, they need to do far better on and, their internet. They're getting better. Highlight a podcast that some of their players sure. are doing. Correct. And I'm I'm going to try to. I've been trying to. Talk, I've been meaning to talk to Byron. I just haven't. I really haven't talk, played. I'm going to talk to Byron, but I'm going to talk to him as well and see if they would be willing to let possibly like since we're pushing out this to as many people as we can. If they could possibly give a little shout out, or how about this? Instead of like, for example, when they do a live stream, what I'd like to do is, I'm I'm not like a commentator by trade, but like it would be really cool for one of us to be able to maybe go on there and talk. Like it'd be the number two, and then they don't you don't have to pay us anything or anything to be, but let just give us a little. It's a lot, but sometimes their their people aren't exciting. But I will tell you what I I think think that Daytona can do. Combination of us would be amazing. I'd be happy. I'll tell you what they could do to make me happier and i swear to you i don't understand why they're not they must not be tracking it but when they do these one day guaranteed tournaments it's they get 100 130 150 people and they only do it every now and then they need to do that more often yeah they should have like a honestly like they could do a weekly 250 dollars buy-in with a 20k guarantee and they also should run sit and goes every now and then they don't yeah, just have it on the board stuff. Oh, I, one other thing, real quick, about the World Series. While you're there, are you guys going to have you seen these uh, the the Mania? We're ending May now, but like with the main event, you can play. You're out there. They have 250 and 500 dollars just tournaments where it's like a big, like huge fields, and like it's just yeah. They're not doing the same goes anymore. They're doing yeah. That. They're doing the, yeah. They're just doing big so, so you can play a big tournament if you finish in the top like couple hundred yes absolutely i'm glad you said that because i'm gonna when everyone gives me the money i'm gonna do this because i'm gonna i'm probably going to do that actually and then my hope is if i can just i'll care more now are they going to give you lacquers or do you do you know they i think you're going to be able to actually take it and sell it or um if you could sell it i did yeah, i'm going to sure. do it for sure here's my thing like i and i told him I'm like so if i win a seat what do you want me to do because it's definitely about my bankroll Right, a um, seat in the main. Yeah, you're so gonna play. That's I'm what gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna play. A thousand yeah. percent. I've thought about this long and hard. Or I'll give you nine thousand dollars for it and a piece. Yeah, yeah. Like honestly, that that would probably be the only thing that could maybe change. If I yeah, if I got that's I a great me, offer. I if, wouldn't. If, if I gave me pay ten, if, if, you I, if, I, if you gave me nine grand and gave me fifteen percent, yeah, it would be sold. Well, I don't. Yeah, probably nine grand and five percent. Yeah, you got to go down. I know. I know that. I'm just saying. I was. I was being. That was nice. You got to start a little high, you know. Exactly. You were high when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, thanks for listening to us, and uh, until next time, keep on easy living.